Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 58, and we appreciate you being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Stephen's Garden and Grill. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic spread continues a third week of decline in Mansfield. Still bad, but moving in the right direction. Pickle Parade postponed to 2022. Twisted Root shows signs of life again. CDC makes recommendations on how to enjoy a safe Super Bowl. Library creates micro-study booths. I've got some pretty concrete opinions about countertops. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll discuss that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast, and Steve will conclude his in-studio interview with author and Mansfield resident Taronda Hillman. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Are you interested in digital marketing, finance, or another aspect of business? Earn your degree at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more at swau.edu. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817-913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be slowly declining, but remains prevalent in Mansfield. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb has the update. Dennis? On Monday, February the 1st, Tarrant County reported 6,092 Mansfieldians as having tested positive. 4,765 are estimated to have recovered, and 91 citizens 
Americans have died since the start. We had 359 new cases this past week, the third week of decline. The county estimates we now have 1,327 active cases, also lower than in recent weeks. This 1,327 is the number of fellow citizens who the county estimates could pass the virus to another person if they are not both taking protective measures. We had five new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, lower than the week before and below our record high of 15 deaths three weeks ago. Mansfield ISD reports five new staff cases and 114 new student cases this past week. These numbers bounce around a lot over the weeks, and I don't see a steady trend, so I'll stop reporting this, but I'll keep watching to see if a clear trend emerges. If you have kids in school, I encourage you to watch for the details for each school on the MISD website. At Mansfield Methodist Hospital last week, the number of COVID-19 patients dropped from about 150 to 127. Of these, the number of COVID patients in the intensive care unit beds dropped from 22 to 18. These are really good trends, along with the decline in fatalities in Mansfield. Looking at the countywide numbers, Tarrant County averaged 1,695 new cases each day. This would be the third week of falling numbers since its peak during the first week of January. Test positivity rate for the county of the tests, how many are positive, has continued several weeks of decline, now 18%. A good thing, but still suggesting there are a lot more people out there carrying the virus than are known. Countywide hospitalization for the virus has continued to decline, with last week's average value of 1,250 citizens in a hospital bed with a virus, the lowest hospitalization we have seen since October. The county reported 177 deaths this past week, the second week with a new record high. Peaks in fatalities during an epidemic usually lag hospitalization peaks, so in the coming weeks we might expect to see the weekly fatalities decline, but not this week though. The county's estimate of the effective reproduction number of the virus spread, called R sub T, is in its second week below 1.0. It's currently at 0.87. Three weeks ago, it was 1.22. Recall what this 0.87 means. If 100 fellow citizens have the virus this week, the county expects them to infect another 87 citizens. The virus is still spreading, but the spread is slowing, a very good thing. Regarding vaccinations, Tarrant County reports reported over 30,000 citizens were vaccinated this past week, a second week of increase, bringing the total to over 100,000. Over 10,000 have received the second shot. This is progress, but still represents just over 6% of the Tarrant County's population that has the first shot. And around 0.6, that's six-tenths of a percent, have the second shot. Progress, but it's still a long way to go. The county recommends you sign up their vaccination website, and when your schedule, go to one of the sites the county has established. My wife and I have signed up and are starting our fourth week of waiting. Some friends and neighbors have already got their first shot. These are really good trends, but it is not over and we can't let down our guard. We mourn those who have died from the epidemic. Three of our friends have lost parents to the virus. One recent death hits home for me, a fellow epidemic watcher, an actual expert on this, Dr. Kent Rogers. I knew him only through watching his daily Facebook post. He was a longtime public health authority for Navarro County, that's where Corsicana is, a couple counties away. For most of 2020, Dr. Rogers made a daily Facebook post about his county's numbers, interpreted the trends, and explained the current news of the epidemic in very plain terms. This was very useful to me to be able to explain things to you. 
In spite of his daily recommendations to mask, distance, hand wash, he and his wife contracted the virus in December. He was hospitalized in his own hospital a couple weeks ago, and he died from the virus this past weekend. I hope Navarro County is seeing the same declines we are seeing. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get their vaccination and continues to request that we follow his recommended measures of masking, distancing, hand washing, avoiding crowds, stay home if you can, until the numbers get a lot better. We are still under his emergency declaration. The good trends we see do not mean that we are anywhere close to stopping the epidemic. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis will return later in the newscast to answer a listener question about the COVID-19 vaccine and kids. Meanwhile, the world's only St. Patty's Pickle Parade and Palooza has been postponed for a second year in a row due to the coronavirus pandemic. Parade organizers posted the announcement on their Facebook page Tuesday morning, stating that, quote, due to the pandemic, we can't ensure that a party for 40,000 people will be safe right now, so we will not be able to have the full pickle party this year, unquote. The organizers are still planning on holding the 5K, 10K, and Kids K runs on March 20th and are planning for community events that can be held safely later in the year. Planning for the 2022 pickle parade is about to begin. Twisted Root Burger Company closed their doors on South Main Street back in May, some eight months ago, due to the coronavirus pandemic, and that was the last anyone heard from them on social media until Monday, when a post on their Facebook page stated that, quote, we will be getting twisted again real soon, end quote. The post comes just days after a distress warrant was posted on their front door by Precinct 7 Justice of the Peace Kenneth Sanders Court, stating that just Hands, LLC, the parent company of Twisted Root, By the Horns Brewery, and Tacos and Avocados, is behind on their rent by over $200,000. The Mansfield location was not part of a multi-location bankruptcy filing in June of 2020, which included the Capel, Arlington, and Carrollton locations. About Mansfield reached out to Just Hands, LLC, regarding their reopening plans and did not receive a reply. The next time you visit the Mansfield Public Library and see someone slip into what appears to be a newly constructed phone booth, it probably isn't Clark Kent transforming into the Man of Steel, but more likely a library patron about to use a new micro-study booth. The micro-rooms were created for individuals needing a quiet space for Zoom meetings, virtual interviews, or an individual study session. Visitors who possess a library card can check out one of the comfortable, sound-insulated, and ventilated study booths for up to two hours by visiting the front desk. Regular cleanings ensure a safe and socially distant study experience at the library. The study booths were funded through the CARES Act. Super Bowl 55 happens this Sunday. It's a traditional gathering event to watch the big game with its multi-million dollar commercials and halftime extravaganza. But the Centers for Disease Control is asking that your hosting and attending habits change just a little bit this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The CDC recommends that revelers gather virtually or with people that you live with. Or if you do a small gathering with people whom you don't live with, outdoors is safer than indoors, keeping in mind that the temperature in Mansfield at the opening kickoff will be in the mid-40s, so perhaps a propane heater or two may be in your best bet. The CDC also suggests hosting a virtual Super Bowl watch party by creating a text or video group with other fans to chat about the game. In any event, 
masks are recommended, and that you sit at least six feet away from people that you don't live with. Whether you're rooting for Brady or Mahomes, enjoy the game. Ask and you shall receive. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb answers a question submitted by a listener. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. We had a science question last week. Chuck asked, we have heard lots about vaccine for ages 16 and up, but when will one be available for 15 and younger population? We need that so we can get everyone back to school. Great question, but I'm, I'm afraid the answer is not is not going to satisfy me or you, Chuck. According to Cook's Children's Hospital, the Pfizer vaccine was only tested and certified on people 16 years and older, and the Moderna vaccine for people 18 years and over. Pfizer recently announced that they have signed up enough volunteers between the ages of 12 and 15, so these kids will be eventually getting their vaccine in the future if the trials work out, though Pfizer has not made a projection when this will happen. They hope to get authorization to start testing in earnest in the coming months, but we can expect we're not going to see kids vaccinated for a long time. Moderna's CEO reports that they have just started recruiting, or back in December, they started recruiting young volunteers for this testing, but they haven't got enough signed up for the trial. She said also that the testing and certification is slower for younger people as they are still figuring out the, what percentage of the adult dosage will work. She said it is unlikely they will finish this work for kids to get a Moderna vaccine out and in people's arms in 2021. Cook's children emphasizes that kids aren't just little adults and, and agreed that the testing and determining of the dose takes more effort. Note that this pending testing of the vaccines is for certification for kids over 12, and for younger kids, that certification will come later. Perhaps worse news is if this approval for kids say it was, had already happened, Tarrant kids would not get it for a long time because there are not enough immunizations to cover the high-risk groups like us old people. It is frustrating that our nation and science are still playing catch-up and we can't get vaccinated as soon as we all want. The current local limitation is local supply, a situation unlikely to dramatically improve soon from what I can tell. While we are talking about vaccines, a couple things to, to keep in mind. The vaccine does not fully prevent a vaccinated individual from catching or passing on the virus to another person. Its purpose is to reduce the severity of the disease in the vaccinated individual. This is what the flu vaccine does. And this is why getting vaccinated is in our own individual self-interest and why our local hospitals strongly recommend we all get vaccinated. Second, the goal of large-scale population vaccination is herd immunity that comes from a reduced transmission rate among a population that is widely immunized. The vaccine interrupts the virus propagation in the vaccinated individual, reducing but not eliminating the chance they could pass the virus to another person. Herd immunity apparently requires between 50 and 75 percent of the population to be immunized. Researchers still don't know if prior infection may give equivalent protection or how long you are protected. In Tarrant County, this means at least 800,000 fellow citizens need to be immunized. As of today, fewer than 1% of Tarrant citizens have received the second dose, and less than 20% of the population, or the adult population, have registered with the county to get an appointment for the first shot. So we are a long way from herd immunity. I wish I had better news. As always, we welcome any science questions from listeners. Put your question in an email to info at about 
mansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement question. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Our question today comes from Lance, who writes, I'm hearing pros and cons regarding cement kitchen countertops. What's your opinion, and can an average do-it-yourselfer get the job done? Thanks for the question, Lance, and you frankly hit onto one of my favorite topics as a kitchen professional. I've been advocating for and producing concrete countertops for over 15 years, and I've taught many do-it-yourself classes over that time. The pros definitely outweigh the cons, in my opinion, but your do-it-yourself skills need to be pretty strong. There's one little thing I want to clarify, though. You said cement countertops, and the correct term is concrete. Concrete is a blend of four ingredients, one part Portland cement, two parts sand, three parts gravel, and water to make the mix fluid. If you tried to make your countertop out of cement, you'd have a very soft product with no tensile strength whatsoever. Portland cement is the binder material made out of limestone, which holds the sand and gravel together and fills in the voids between those components. To make concrete countertops, I find that it's easier to use a ready-mix product in a bag, which contains other chemicals that aid in the drying and hardening process and also lend plasticity and good flow to the concrete. And not surprisingly, given the growing popularity of concrete countertops, there are specialized mixes made specifically for countertops. But let's back up a couple steps first. I said that the pros outweigh the cons, and we need to talk about a few of the most common ones you'll encounter in making the decision to go with concrete or choose another surfacing material. Certainly, concrete countertops are durable. We know that we can walk, stand, and even drive heavy vehicles on concrete. It's a fluid material in its raw form, so it can take on virtually any shape you want it to, and can be ground and polished to many different finishes. You can use pigments to achieve almost any color you're looking for as well. If you're looking to have an integrated sink or a drain board as part of the countertop, you can mold it right in. It's resistant to heat and moisture, so it can take on just about anything a kitchen can throw at it. And it's pretty inexpensive compared to other countertop surfacing materials, particularly as a do-it-yourself project. On the flip side, concrete is a heavy material, so if the cabinets are cheaply constructed or not structurally sound, it's really not suitable for use in those cases. It does require sealing as part of periodic maintenance, unlike alternatives such as quartz, acrylic solid surfacing, or stainless steel. And of course, it can be damaged by impact by a heavy item. But that's really about it. I love the versatility of the product because it can be made in looks ranging from rustic to highly refined, and it can certainly be the last countertop you'll ever install thanks to its durability. From a do-it-yourselfer standpoint, the most important concern is preparation and measuring. You'll also need to consider how you want to build the tops to pour them in place or cast them in a mold. If you've got mad troweling skills, then pouring in place can be your solution. It requires a little less setup than building molds and you don't have to lift heavy finished slabs and set them in place. If you find out your proficiency with a trowel isn't what you thought it was, you can correct a lot of mistakes with diamond polishing pads chucked into an angle grinder, water to keep the dust down, and a wet dry vac to clean up the mess. I've never built tops this way. I've done every top I've made in a mold. I find that you can control the process better this way, and your finished surface will be smoother and more consistent than with troweling. The key here is to measure very carefully 
carefully, accounting for irregularities in walls and such, and remembering as you're building the molds that you're casting the tops upside down so the molds have to actually be built as the reverse of the finished product. Molds are typically built out of melamine board, which is particle board, which has a plastic coating on it, the same type of material that pre-finished shelving and a lot of cabinetry is made out of. It gives you that smooth finish you're looking for, and it won't absorb water and therefore makes the finished tops easier to release from the mold. You're going to need a large, preferably temperature-controlled workspace and sawhorses or tables that will support the weight of the concrete as you pour and allow the tops to cure, which takes about a week. It's also critical that those support structures are level, as you don't want the concrete to slump to one side or the other or to the front or the back as you're pouring. You can use hardware cloth or chicken wire as reinforcing material, placing it after pouring about half the concrete in the mold. The concrete itself should be mixed to a consistency a little heavier than pancake batter, but still fluid enough so that it can gravitate into all the corners. Screed it off to level with the top of the edge forms of the mold and trowel it to a reasonably smooth surface, knowing that you'll have a little give when you use silicone caulk to anchor the tops in place. Like I said, give the tops about a week to cure, carefully separate them from the mold by removing the edge forms and set them in place. After that, I recommend about four coats of old school paste wax, the kind of stuff we used to use on hardwood floors and furniture back in the day to seal the tops against water. You can use an acrylic sealer of some kind, but know that those products often chip or flake over time, so the wax gives you a finish that you can much more easily strip off and redo if you need to. It's hard to condense what was usually a two-hour class into the short time I have here on the podcast, Lance, but I hope I was able to give you some insight into what you'd be facing if you decide to go with concrete countertops. To me, the risk is well worth the reward. I've had some of my students come back and show me pictures of the tops they've built, and they've been absolutely stunning in a few cases. If you've got confidence in your fabrication skills, I'd go for it. And if you've got a home improvement question, or if you'd like to ask more about concrete countertops or any topic I've covered on About Mansfield, please feel free to email me via the podcast. You can also visit my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswan. Thank you, Terry. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Monday is National Kite Flying Day. Let's see if Mother Nature is going to kick up a little wind for us. Alexa? Thank you, Colleen. On Monday, February 8th, expect moderate winds around 19.6 miles per hour. A perfect day to go fly a kite in Mansfield for the next seven days. On Wednesday, it should be sunny with clouds on Thursday. Friday through Tuesday should be sunny again. Daytime highs will range between 41 and 76 degrees Fahrenheit, peaking on Thursday. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns need no irrigation this week. That's right, keep your sprinklers off. Looking ahead, it will be warm and sunny until the colder temperatures move in over the weekend. Incidentally, if you follow 
followed our watering tips throughout all of 2020, your Mansfield sprinklers were not needed for 37 out of the 52 weeks. You can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. The Save Tarrant Water Organization is offering free virtual classes and workshops this spring. Topics include DIY rainwater harvesting, landscape design, and spring vegetable gardening. Check out SaveTarrantWater.com for a list of upcoming events and sign up for the monthly newsletter to be the first to know about new opportunities. Congratulations to Rick Sales, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question, what is National Texas Day? According to History.com, it was February 1, 1861, when Texas became the seventh state to secede from the Union. Texas's move completed the first round of secession just prior to Abraham Lincoln taking office. The seven states that left the Union were South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and the Lone Star State. Incidentally, for those who guessed Texas Independence Day, that day falls on March 2nd. Rick has won a $40 gift card to First Watch Cafe. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip the face-off spot, and daughter of the other woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record? Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70 proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. What the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Cold! 
old hammer steals? Find liqueur is at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden & Grill. They are located at 223 Depot Street in downtown historic Mansfield. Steaks, burgers, barbecue, and much, much more. You can check out their menu and their hours on the web at stevensgardenandgrill.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, most Mansfield residents know that city business at its highest level is conducted by the city manager. But with the assistant city manager position being vacant, this week's question is, who is second in command to the city manager and what is their title? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who is currently second in command to the city manager and what is their title? Good luck, and thanks to Jan and John at Stevens for the gift card. Coming up after the break, Steve will conclude his in-studio talk with author and Mansfield resident, Taronda Hillman. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Due to COVID-19, the record amount of unemployment and loss of health benefits to Mansfield area residents has been staggering. I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center. There's never been a more critical time for the Mission Center to offer essential services. During the pandemic, the Mission Center has assisted hundreds of Mansfield area families with financial assistance, employment help, food, and or medical care. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, Mansfield Mission Center is here for you. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Welcome back to About Mansfield. We left off in last week's interview with Mansfield resident Taronda Hillman, author of Daughter of the Other Woman, where she was talking about her epiphany. Let's rejoin the conversation as we present part two with Taronda Hillman. I was told that I was going to speak to a lot of people, that I was going to tell the truth about God and Jesus and love. I couldn't believe it. I, me? I, no. How could I speak to a lot of people? And yet here you are behind a microphone speaking to <laughs> hundreds of listeners. Yes. And do you think that's part of the the epiphany, the 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 conversation with God that that you were meant to speak to people whether you're sitting in a studio reaching hundreds, if not thousands of people by way of not only through a podcast, but publishing a book. Yes, absolutely. I believe that this is all a part of it. Part of the grand scheme of things. A part of the grand scheme of things. It only takes us listening and acting. We don't have to know which way to go, which direction to go. All you have to do is take one step. And when I was and so, again, you know, I was always Christian. I knew about Jesus, didn't know much about any other religions. But now I'm in a place where I get that you don't have to be a Christian. And I know people are going to be like, oh, it's all about reaching God the best way that you can reach God. We all have different paths. Right. We were all created differently. I, too, was not a churchgoer, really, until 
until my kids were born. Mm-hmm. But, oh, because I always felt that God was in my heart. Yes. God was in, in and, and that organized religion was not a thing for me because that's, again, he's, he's here in my heart, right. my soul, my body. And, but we started having kids. We wanted to bring them up in the church and we started going to church. We started making friends in the church. And now mm-hmm. it's a, uh, well, up until COVID, uh, gosh, it's almost been a year right. since I've been to church, but he still lives within me. Right. And what I'm going to trip you out about now? Trip me out. You are God. I am God. We all are God. Oh, now I'm tripping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. If God is in your heart. Absolutely. If God lives in you. And this all came to you. No therapy. <laughs> God spoke to you. You started you started with the Bible. You started reading some books. Yes. This it's uh, You transformed your life on your own. Yes. To the point where you said, I, I need to write this down. Yes. You wrote a book called Daughter of the Other Woman. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the writing process. You, What was the first word you wrote that wound up in the book? And don't say once upon a time. I don't remember the first word. But what I do remember is I was a flight attendant. This was many years after the epiphany. I decided, I don't know what happened, but I started writing a part of the book. I wrote one paragraph. And I started telling everybody, I'm writing a book. I only had one paragraph. <laughs> and so it begins. And so it begins. Which I believe is the name of the song of your... Podcast of intro. Your, uh, yeah. The, yes. The, the theme music for your the podcast. The theme music, yes. And so it begins. And so it begins. You wrote one paragraph and said, I'm an author. I'm an author. And you continued from there. I sort of continued. I put it down... Because at that time, I was living in Detroit, flight attendant. I didn't have any money. <laughs> flight attendants, my hat goes off to you all. I'm not a flight attendant anymore, but you have to fly You have to fly a lot to make money. I was a single mom, and things were pretty tough. So I wasn't able to devote a lot of time to writing because I was going through depression as well. I picked up the book again. I started working on the book again, and this was where the the next awakening happened. I met a young man. This was after I moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, I moved from Detroit to Texas because my daughter, Whitney, was pregnant with my first and only grandchild so far, <laughs> and I wanted to be here for her, so I ended up transferring with the airline here to Texas. When I when I I ended up meeting a young man and we started the fir- on our first conversation he revealed to me that he had spent 20 years in prison. Mm. And I said, "Whoa! <laughs> 20 years in prison." But what's funny is I was reading a book called The New Jim Crow. Mhm which talks about the mass incarceration system and how our black men are, I would say, victims to that system. I grew up in the 80s where crack cocaine 
began to explode. A lot of the young men that I grew up with were drug dealers. They sold crack. I wouldn't say a lot, but there were several right. that were drug dealers. And it was just a way for them to make a lot of money. And that's what the, the path that they chose. So I understood when I met this young man, I, young man, I understood where he came from. And in reading that book, which explained the mass incarceration system, I said, okay, I'll give it a try. He was in prison for 20 years. He'd only been, at that time, he had only been out of prison for a couple of years. Well, one day he was telling me that he wasn't happy with his job. And me being the optimistic, want to motivate everybody, I said, well, what is your dream job? And he says to me, I don't have a dream job. I just want a job where I'm making good money. And I said, no, 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 you don't get it. What's your dream job? You've got to have a dream. Well, I mean, the guy's been in prison for 20 years. Right. Maybe he doesn't have a dream. He's just <laughs> living, okay? He's just happy to be free. But no, I'm pushing it. I'm like, hey, what's, what's your dream job? He got a little irritated with me. And he said, well, what's your dream job? I said, well, my, my dream job is, is to write. That's my passion. I, I love to write. He said, write? I've never heard you mention writing. You said that's your passion? I've never even heard you talk about writing. I have an attorney friend. All she talks about is changing laws. That's all she talks about. I know that's her passion, but you never mentioned that before. Oh, that really pissed me off <laughs> for him to. How can you tell me what my dream is and what my passion is? I, I, I became very upset. I ended up getting off the phone from him and I'm driving in my car and I'm fuming and I'm trying to understand why am I so upset? And then it came to me. I heard that voice again. And that voice said, a tree should always bear fruit. Nice. And I said, oh, wow. <laughs> and it said it again. It said it twice. A tree should always bear fruit. That night, I went home and I started writing. I picked up that paragraph that I had started a couple years back, and I continued writing the book. How long did it take you to finish the book? When I started, pick, when I picked it up from that point, it took me about a year. It took me about a year to finish it. When I started writing it, and that's what happens, it, what I've learned is that we get into flow mm -hmm. when you're doing your passion. And when we get into flow, it's because we've connected with the higher power. And so we're getting downloads. Because we, we say that we create things, but actually we're not creating, we're manifesting because everything's already created. We're just manifesting. Okay. When I began to write, there were things coming out and I didn't understand where these, this information was coming from because it couldn't be coming from me. I started writing about the subconscious mind and I said, whoa, wait, <laughs> I don't know anything about the subconscious mind. 
let me Google or let me go on YouTube or see what I can find out about the subconscious mind, and then I'll feel better about writing. When I did that, I was introduced to Dr. Joseph Murphy. He wrote the book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Yeah. When I started reading that book, oh my goodness, it was like going down a rabbit hole. All this, I started getting all these downloads, all this information, and I began to write. And the more I wrote about different topics, the more I was introduced to other things. And in that period, it took me about a year to finish the book, to finish writing it. I'll say the, 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 I call it the shell of the book because I continue to add things later. For about two years, I would say I was almost a recluse. I would go to work every day, but I didn't talk to a lot of people because I was getting so much information and learning so much that the only conversation I can have, I could have with another person was about the things I was learning. Right. And some of that stuff was a little out there because I was learning about quantum physics and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And I would have conversations. I was learning about the different brain waves. You know, when you're in theta, you can download a lot of information and it'll stick. You can change your subconscious mind that way. I was learning that kind of stuff. So if I'm just talking to Steve one day and I'm like, hey, do you know if you're in theta, you can. You what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I said that to a friend and she started laughing. She said, you sound crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I knew. I can't really talk to people because they don't get me right now. And, but I was able to get so much done. Yeah. Because I didn't have distractions and I could put it all out there. Now, the book touches on a lot of topics and, it, but it doesn't go very deep. That'll be the next book. Okay. It just touches the surface of some topics just to get you to think a little bit. And that's when I go through the part of the healing because I go through, okay, this is where I came from. This is where my mom came from because I do want to say that this project, I realized that it wasn't just about my life. It was about my mom's life. And together, we're able to heal people together, even though my mom is not here. I feel like her life and death was not in vain. We together put together this project. Can I talk about your podcast for a second? Absolutely. Okay, good. Because I'm the host. I, I direct yes. where we're going. Yes. Also titled Daughter of the Other Woman, mm -hmm. the name of the podcast. I am your sound engineer. Yes. I have probably listened to your podcast more than any of, a, of your listeners because I dissect the audio of your podcast. Yes. So I've sat through all nine of them. You have made me laugh. You have made me cry. You have made me think about my relationships with my own family, not only my immediate family that I live with here in Mansfield, but my, my family of, of my mom, my late dad. Uh, my siblings. And when you talk about the book, wanting to make people think, mm -hmm. you've, you have carried that into your podcast yes. and the way that you, you bring in your guests, whether it's talking yoga with AJ mm -hmm. or, or really just talking about life with Kenya, mm -hmm. or you got really deep with Lee Harbaugh. Yes. A lot of that 
Ooh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was power versus force. Yes. You make people think and with with emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you've you made me cry one night. Wow. Sitting there in our old studio, I don't recall what you were talking about, but but it, it just it it hit home. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm talking to you, the listener. If you really want to take a good emotional ride, the podcast "Daughter of the Other Woman," which is available on Apple and all the other major platforms, and, and in fact, you know what? Just go to your website, daughteroftheotherwoman.com, mm-hmm. and that will take you to both the book and the podcast. And to Tyrande herself. Right. My goal with the podcast, of course, is to get people to think, but also to teach us how to love ourselves. And in loving ourselves, we can love each other. Yeah. But if we don't love ourselves, if we don't pay attention to what we require, then we can't help other people, not in a healthy way. Would you say this is a self-help podcast, but not in a self-help kind of way? You you just bring general conversation, which again, makes the listener think. Yes. But you wouldn't say that this is just a, oh, this is a self-help podcast that we're going to, we're going to redevelop. The, the lives of the listeners. No, no, that I wouldn't is. call it just a self-help podcast because when you think self-help, you think it makes me feel a little depressed sometimes. Oh, yeah, that it's being gonna, hosted by a therapist yeah. who's going, uh, uh, right. you're doing this and you should be doing that. Exactly. We're we're gonna make it fun. We're gonna like you said, we want we wanna feel all the emotions. We wanna cry a little bit. We wanna laugh a lot. <laughs> we just wanna be happy. You had AJ Namaste and Kenya on at the same time. Oh my goodness. And, and we were rolling. <laughs> we were the whole podcast was a blast. And that's what I wanna bring because we touched on a lot of different subjects. Mm-hmm. And however, we were able to make it fun. We were able to bring but we were able to bring it back home to being whole. And that's what it's about, is finding a way, finding your own way to wholeness. Let's bring this back to Taronda. Okay, we're back. We're back. Hello, Taronda. <laughs> hey. You've written the book. You've mentioned, uh, uh, you've mentioned book number two. Yes. What are, what are your goals within the next five years? Ooh, within the next five years, I plan to have at least four books out. Four. At least four. My next book is going to be is is going to be titled Core Happiness. Okay. And it's all about balance. We'll talk about that a little a little more later. But <laughs> okay. That's going to be the next one. And and in that, of course, I want to talk about being healthy in all areas of your life. Now, if you look at me right now. Thank you, COVID, but I've put on some weight. And the first time we talked, I told you that I have a goal of competing one day in a bodybuilding. In bodybuilding, I want to be a bodybuilder. And I started with a trainer, but then a lot of things happened. My daughter went into the military. COVID happened, so I had to stop. And then when we were in quarantine, I've did like everybody else and ate everything that was in the kitchen. Right. 
but that's still a goal of mine. I will be 50 years old June 21, June 21st. Everybody mark that on your calendars. I will accept all gifts, (laughs) but I will be 50 years old. And I told my trainer, which I'm not working out yet, but I told him my goal is to have competed by my birthday or at least look like I'm about to compete. He said, well, we better get busy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's. Uh, that's that's something that I, I plan to do a complete transformation with my body. Nice. Now, nice. I don't want to I, I want to do bikini. I don't want to do I can't recall the name of it now. Figure figure is when you're real buff <laughs> and I still want to look feminine. Right. But just very, very toned. And do you have a do you have a goal for. When you want to do your first competition, I said by my birthday, but I don't know if by that's your birthday of, of, of this year of this year of this year. I don't know if that's going to happen. They do have the transformation. Who had the biggest transformation? So you can do that part of it. So I may be able to do that if I hurry and get into the gym. Six months. Six months. Do it. Do you have any shout outs you'd like to give? We have an open mic. Any thanks, any, any, just shout out anybody that you would like to. Uh... Yes, I would like to thank one person I would definitely would like to mention is Michelle Gooch. She's a life coach, transformation coach. And, and, and former guest here on the, on the podcast. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, she's been here. Michelle is the sweetest person you'd ever want to meet. And she's the one who told me that I was the secret. I lived my life as a secret because of being the daughter of the other woman. We had a 20 minute consult and she was able to tell me that. And that's when I had started, when I picked the book back up and started writing it again, I met Michelle at Toastmasters and I would love to give a shout out also to Mansfield Sunrise Toastmasters. Another person I'd like to shout out, Sonia Salazar. Hey. I call her my my social media coach, my friend, my my girl. She is amazing. So I would definitely love she has a, a CBD, she's a CBD expert, people. So if you want to know anything about CBD, look up Wise Wellness. Sonia will she will take you places you've never been before with that CBD. You're like, what? I didn't know it did that. That's but right. of course, uh, I would love to shout out Sonia. Kenya Mobley, she's my girl. Alessi, she's here in the studio with us. She works with me. She's, I call her my assistant, because she is. (laughs) She's helping me out. She's also an author, Alessi Johnson. She's got a book out called Power Moms. She's a co-author. You can check that out. But as you can see, I'm about everybody just succeeding. Taronda? Yes. We have reached that part of the episode where... Our listeners get to know Taronda better than they have within the last, oh my gosh, hour and six minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. This is called the lightning round. Okay. Which really is just a, a, a quick round of this or that. Mm-hmm. So when I say this or that, you choose this or that. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Day or night? Day. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Truth or dare? Truth. Would you rather be unknown and rich or famously poor? Unknown and rich. 
Pre-COVID, raging nightclub or dinner party? Dinner party. Logical or creative? Creative. Lost on a mountain or an island? Island. Really? Yes. Well, if you're on a mountain, you can come back and you're back in civilization. If you're on an island, you can't go anywhere. But I have the beach. <laughs> Life's a But beach. if you're lost on a mountain, you come down the mountain and you've made your way to, uh, you can go find the beach. Mm, no. Moving on. I'll, I'll stay on the beach. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. What's your favorite ice cream? Butter pecan. You're not the first one to say butter pecan. And that must be a Southern thing. I, Maybe I, it I is. don't know. That seems to be a popular choice, at least here on this podcast. It's delicious. How can people get your book? They may go on Amazon. Amazon is a little tricky because I self-published. Mm-hmm. And it can be a little tricky because Amazon may not push your book up to the top if you're not a bestseller or you haven't sold a, a bunch of books. Daughter of the Other Woman, available on Amazon. Daughterofotheotherwoman.com is her website. Yes. Daughter of the Other Woman is the name of the podcast, which you can find on all the major platforms. Taronda Hillman, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I hope this was great. I hope everybody goes out and gets the book. It, it definitely, I've been getting a lot of very positive feedback. And it means a lot to me because it's all about reaching reaching other people and, and inspiring them to grow. Go buy the book. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, talk and information. And just in time for Valentine's Day, we will take you out and all around Mansfield as we have assembled a team of hungry reviewers and we will present six tacos in six days because nothing says I love you, honey bunny, more than taking your beloved to a gas station for tacos on Valentine's Day. The show will be released on Wednesday, February 10th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-Production Editing, Mixing and Mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.